You know what I hate? Boxes. That's something I have run from my entire life, because y'all, none of us are meant to live within a box. I am a woman of many facets, loving things from business to relationships to health and wholeness and faith, and that's what you're going to get here. Uh, I'd like to thank you for joining me on the Rebecca Danny Show. I like to say I am a black and bougie believer giving you some real honest talk on life. Hello, 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 you guys. Um, It has been a hot minute since I have released a new podcast. And I think the last one was released in March. I could be wrong, but I, th- I, I think it was March. Um, and oh my gosh, it has been a much needed break, a much needed little pause. Um, that was just, yeah, it, it was really good. I feel really, really good about taking that break and just pulling back this last year, I feel like has been pretty... Uh, an overarching theme of just pulling back, especially 2022. Just, yeah, being present in the moment. I haven't really been on social media a lot, like a little bit, but um, I just have felt like I need to be present with life and what is happening in front of me. And that has just been a very, very good and solid decision for my life. Um, But I had to release a podcast today because literally today is one, not only my birthday, which woo woo, happy birthday to me, but it's also the two year anniversary to releasing this podcast. So I released this podcast two years ago on my birthday as a gift to myself, um, to just give myself the permission to use my voice to release what I felt like was the message on my heart that God was giving me to release, to encourage people, give people hope, help people um, step into dreaming again, step into possibility, step into understanding and realigning with who they are, with who God is, with truth, um, all, all of that good stuff, you know? So I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe it's been two years. And what's been really cool though, is that I've noticed that even over the last you know, four or five months that I haven't released a new podcast, y'all are still downloading them. Y'all are still leaving reviews. Like I'm just, I'm extremely thankful to all of you who, whether you started this journey with me two years ago, or you've only been listening for a few months. Um, I'm so thankful to everyone who's been joining on the journey and has just been impacted by the different episodes and things like that. Literally, I'm doing this because of you. So I just want to say thank you. And yeah, so over the last year, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm another year older. It is crazy. Um, Even though I don't really look any older. So um, it's okay. At some point in my life, I will look like an adult. But um, I'm just going, I'm living in it, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm basking in it, the forever 21 look, you know. Um, But yeah, this has been, like I said, the last few months, especially just this year, oh my gosh, I opened up a new like storefront. Um, I have a creative studio. Um, 
my husband in September, he started full-time anesthesia school. Um, I mean, we started going to a new church. Like I started, I joined the worship team. Like there's been so much that's been happening over the last year. And it's been really like, there's been a lot of good stuff. Also hard stuff, you know, what year does not come with hard stuff. Um, but it's just been really good to be present and to just be focused on the here and now and like, what does it look like to just enjoy little moments, especially with me and my husband just being together um, because he's busy, I'm busy, and we have to just find those moments, you know? So yes, life has been good. I am I am actually really excited to start letting you guys into some of the things that's been going on in life. Um, even, oh, one thing, you guys, I have started writing again and I am on track to finishing my book by the end of the year which I am so excited um yeah that is something that I'm very very excited about and just have been um really thankful for the space to write um and just the mental clarity to write because there was definitely a point where I just could not even sit down and focus and right for 10 minutes. So I'm very thankful for that. So anyways, all of that's to say, y'all are amazing. Thank you for listening in. The episode that you guys are about to listen to is I had the opportunity to speak at my church this past Sunday and I spoke on the subject of faithfulness. I know I've touched on some of these things before in past episodes, but, um, I was able to share just different stories, things like that. And it just was exciting. I love being able to talk about this. I love being able to encourage people, motivate people, help them understand what's available to them. And so I want you to listen in. I hope it speaks to wherever you're at and encourages you. And yeah, I will catch you at the end of this episode. Enjoy. I was driving home one day and this thought had come to me and I actually wrote it out. Um, Those who think they know it all will never be able to see the fullness of God. This is why he says you must come and be like a child to enter into the kingdom. Because children are always curious. They're always asking questions. They desire to know more. They're teachable. They're humble. They're moldable. For anyone who remains as an adult in their mind, mature in age, stern in their knowledge, they will not see him. Those who have eyes to see and ears to hear will see and experience the mysteries of God and all his wonders. And I love, I love that because it was something that came to me and I like doing this in the beginning when I speak because I actually ask everyone to just close your eyes. So close your eyes. (laughs) And I want you to physically act like you are taking off your adult mind, you're putting it onto the side, And you are picking up your child mind, and you're putting it on. Your child mind is curious, is moldable. It it hears the word of God like it's the first time it ever heard it. It's in awe of the wonders of God. It's in awe of his nature. It's in awe of who he is, what he's created. That's what it's like to come into the kingdom like a child to be curious, to be in wonder. So just put that on, be in that place, 
as we start. Okay, so I'm going to start with a little story, story time. Um, so as a child, I grew up, I had this, this mindset or this, just this thought. That's just how I grew up, was that I believe that anything's possible. I constantly had the atmosphere that I grew up in. I was actually very thankful. I didn't realize since I was an adult that it was actually a very um, beautiful atmosphere that I got to grow up in where my dreams and my desires were cultivated. And I was told, I was like encouraged. Like, you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. Like, I didn't realize that until I stepped outside my house and started going to school that not everyone believed that. Not, that wasn't uh, everyone's atmosphere. And so... I remember being in school and I remember being the child that wanted to do so many different things when they got older. And I, when teachers would ask me, they would be like, what do you want to do? And I would say, I want to do this. I'm going to be this and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be this. And people would always tell me, you have to choose one. You can't be all of those things. You have to choose one. And that was really the first time that I had ever interacted with someone telling me I couldn't do something. Or someone telling me I couldn't be something or something wasn't possible. And so it was only when I started to encounter that outside atmosphere that doubts for what was actually possible began to come in and begin to infiltrate, like, oh, can that happen? Can I step into that? Is this available for me? I grew up in a really large family. I'm the youngest of seven children. Um, yeah, my parents were very busy. Um, <laughs> My dad, uh, my parents were actually here a few weeks ago. It was a few of you got to meet them, but um, my dad likes to give the joke that they didn't have any television. Yeah. But anyways, I'm the youngest, and so very crazy household. I have five older brothers and an older sister. Um, my whole family is very like theatrical. We're all we just all that. My husband knows. <laughs> we all got a lot going on. Um, and so it was a fun household to grow up in. And one of the things that I loved when I was a kid, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were in ministry. Um, I was a PK. And I loved, one of the things I loved as a kid, for some reason, was the book of James. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was the book I constantly would come back to and read. Which James is like a book that kind of like socks you in the gut, you know? It like, it, it constantly is like cutting pretty deep. But for some reason, I really loved that as a kid. I would always read, like, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Do not, if you're, if you're just a hearer of the word, it's like you're looking at your face in the mirror, walking away and then forgetting what you look like. Like, I just loved reading those things. And so, but it makes a lot of sense for where God has uh, led my life. And the, the scripture, specifically James 2.14, faith without works is dead. That was one of my favorite scriptures that I would always come back to reading. So I truly believe that we as children of God are called to reign here on this earth, called to rule and reign. A huge part of my heart has been helping equip people in this area, helping people identify their purpose, specifically I like to break it down as we have a being purpose and we have a doing purpose. I'm going to give you a little snippet of what I really mean by that in a second. Um, I like to help them discover what their mission is here to the people on this earth. Because we all have a mission. We all have a purpose. We all have a mission. 
And each of us has different visions that God has given us and what that looks like in walking out those things. And I love to help people understand that. And then once we understand that, I like to coach them and help mentor them and help. A lot of times it usually turns into a business, so it's a lot of business development as well. And I love doing that. I'm extremely passionate about that. And so a short breakdown of what I meant when I say of being calling and doing calling, because this is something I want to kind of lay as a foundation before I move into anything else. So I'm currently actually in the, in the process of writing uh, the first book of a two-part series on the subject of our being and doing purpose. And before I really like to teach anyone about the subject of co-creating with God, being a co-creator with him, partnering with him, being in partnership with him, before I like to teach about any of that, that stuff, living out your dreams, setting goals, success, all that kind of stuff, um, we first must understand this, that doing, establishing, reigning is actually a secondary purpose and not the primary one. We actually, it says in Genesis 1, 26, that we were called to rule and reign. When God created Adam and Eve, he said, here is this land, cultivated, multiplied. He gave them actions to do. And so we may think that doing is our first purpose, because that was the first commandment we had. But the foundation to this calling and this purpose is that we were actually created to be with him, to experience him, to walk in the cool of the day with him. You existing and breathing and experiencing and enjoying was actually enough for God to create you. That's it. <laughs> and to bring you into existence. It wasn't for you to have to accomplish this goal, um, to save the world, um, all these different things actually was to be enjoyed and to enjoy his presence. Everything else other than that is something you get to do. Everything else is a sweet bonus to the bliss of experiencing him, to the bliss of being with him. I mean, we are human. We hear people say this all the time. We're human beings, not human doings. Being is our first and primary purpose. And then what we do is uh, it's an added benefit. It is, it's actually a cherry on top. I wrote out that everything else on top of this is a sweet bonus. If we're not satisfied with just being, just breathing, nothing else will quench this thirst for fulfillment. Because fulfillment first comes from knowing whose you are and who you are. We are not created to produce, to achieve, to arrive somewhere, to convert the world, to minister to others. All of these things we get to do when we understand that these things we do become detached from our worth, significance, and importance, they actually get to become an overflow of love. So when we understand the foundation, and I am here to be with him, I was created simply because he wanted me to exist. Then when we do, it doesn't have to be this huge high stakes thing of like, what if I get it wrong? And you know, we, we get to live in the grace of, of our relationship with him. There's so much grace. And so I've, I've come to understand that when I, when I recognize that and when I live in that, doing things, obeying him, putting action towards the things he's actually telling me to, it becomes so much easier and so much lighter. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. It comes so much lighter and I'm not stressed about all the different ways it can go wrong. So, I believe we, I mean, with, I think COVID's slowly coming to an end. It's 
been a long, drawn-out process, but I think we just came out of a season of pulling back and God just bringing people into a place of really reevaluating their heart, really reevaluating um, what they were doing, their purpose. I feel like so many people were like, quit jobs, <laughs> like moved. They There were so many changes that happened during COVID because I think the pullback from all the busyness caused people to actually start getting out of autopilot and actually start to think about their lives. Like, what am I actually doing? What am I actually, like, is this the life that I really want to be living? Is this the life that I really want to be leading? Um, and there's a lot of reevaluating going, but I really believe that as a global church, we are in and going into a season of God realigning his people with his purposes. And we are stepping into a season of action. I really feel that. Um, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I really believe we're stepping into a season where we're going to be aligning with our divine calling to rule and reign this earth and to expand his kingdom in preparation for Jesus to return. But before we take any action, again, we must first believe and have faith in what he said and what he's speaking. So, I want to talk about faithfulness. Um, and I want to talk about faithfulness specifically in regards to the dreams and the desires that are on your heart. Um, anybody have a dream? Okay, few of you. <laughs> Some people are like, ah, I've got a dream. Anybody got a desire? A vision? Yes. Okay, we got one. We got one. <laughs> um, I believe, I love this phrase. I, yeah, I really believe that your dreams and desires are divine instructions for your life. Um, those small inklings of hope, the, it would be so amazing if those moments, the things that bring tears to your eyes, the things that you burn for desire to see, I believe that those things are instructions for your life, that God is speaking to you in those things. There is something he's trying to tell you to say, hey, pay attention to this. There's something here. But in order for us to actually believe and agree with that, you actually must first understand that your desires are not dirty. They're not evil. They're not wrong. Um, I grew up hearing all the time in church that my desires were evil. And the, this is not good. You have selfish desires. And I do believe that before the cross, before surrendering to Jesus, I do believe we live life in a place of ego desires, meaning flesh desires. Um, I just want to satisfy all these things. I do believe that. But once we actually surrender to the Lord, it says I've been co-crucified with him. And I am. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I was co-crucified with him, which means I died and then I also was risen up with him. And so now I have the mind of Christ. And so as I step into renewing my mind, he's actually shifting and adjusting my desires to be in alignment with him. So those little hope inklings that come up, those things of like, oh, this would be amazing. Those are him speaking to us. And I believe that there are seasons that he is narrating 
and giving pretty specific instructions. I've been in seasons in my life where I've gotten such specific instructions about what to do next, and him being like, okay, I want you to go here, I want you to, you know, turn right, turn left. But then I've had other seasons, I remember I went through a two-year period where everything I would ask God about, he would not respond. It was almost like being on a phone call with someone, and like talking to them, and all of a sudden you ask a question, and you hear nothing, and you're like, wait, are you, are you still there? It was like, every time I would be like, wait, uh, and nothing. And then I would keep talking, and it was like, I would hear that. I'm like, and then I'd ask the question again, nothing. And I'm like, but I remember after those two years, it was like I learned how to trust myself. I learned how to trust that he's actually in me, moving in me, that I can actually trust the way he's guiding me by my desires, was one of them. And I didn't have to completely keep second-guessing what I was feeling, what I was sensing, what I was picking up. And I learned how to rely on Holy Spirit in me. You know, it's, it, I've, I've noticed that it's constantly a trial and error, learning to hear the Holy Spirit. It's a, okay, let me, let me walk this way and see. Oh, no, that wasn't him. Okay, let, let's go this way. Um, okay, oh, okay, this is where we're going. It's, it's been a lot of trial and error. And so through those two years, I learned how to trust hearing the Holy Spirit's voice. I learned how to trust hearing his guidance and direction on my life. So he empowers you to dream, act, and move on behalf of him. I mean, this is what being an ambassador is. This is what being a king or a queen is. This is what, um, how they're prepared to rule and to reign. When they're a prince or a princess, they are learning. What does it look like to act on behalf of and to reign this kingdom, to rule and to reign this kingdom? And we are the kings and queens of this earthly kingdom. And so I desire to teach people. Um, and I'm just, it's not just about the teaching, though. I think the biggest thing is I love helping people do the stuff, to figure out how to take steps, how to actually move in action. Um, I notice that that is the thing a lot of times that trips us up, is we can have the faith for something, but then when it comes to taking the step, that's when it's like, that, that's the scary part. That's the, ooh, I don't know if I want to get out of the boat. <laughs> Actually, I just kind of want to stay here, and I'm going to wait on God, and I just want to let him kind of align things a little bit more before I move. But if you really want to impact people, if you really want to change the world, everything you do must be attached to faith, but your faith must be implemented with action. You need both. Faith detached from action is fear, cowardice, disobedience, and false humility. Action detached from faith is performance, self-promotion, pride, and arrogance. <laughs> you know, it just, uh, it's, it's one of those punch to the cut. Really seeing the manifestation of something is an alignment of faith and action working together. So I just want to tell you guys a couple of stories of different things that have happened in my life that I've really seen this where I'm like, oh man, he wasn't joking. <laughs> One of them, I remember I was, I was choosing uh, my program in college. So this was actually when I was 19 years old. 
So I had a season in my life where I kept going to church, but I really, my heart was very far away from the church. I was like, I don't really, I'm not feeling this. I don't really want this. I would still read my Bible. I would still pray, but I was like, nah, I don't really know if I agree and align with a lot of things that I've been taught as a kid. And so for a few years, I just started living my life however I wanted to live. And I was like, I'm going to live by my rules. And that's how I'm going to live. It only lasted about four years until I was like, okay, God, I, I need you. <laughs> and I remember that was around when I was 19 years old. And I was in an extreme, extreme depression and didn't want to actually continue living. And I was experiencing a lot of suicidal thoughts. Um, and was in and out of like really horrible relationships and it just, it was, it was bad. And I remember actually the, the book that really captured my attention. I remember going into this Christian bookstore and it was a bookstore that I would go into all the time when I was a kid. And it was called, uh, oh man, why am I forgetting what the name is? I see the, the marquee. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Family Christian Bookstore. I loved going to that store. Does anybody know what that store is? Okay. I loved going to that store. But I remember the book, it was popular back then, was Purpose Driven Life. And I found that book and I started reading that book and it changed my life. It helped me understand, like, oh my gosh, like, there's a reason I'm alive. And, you know, God wants to do something with my life. And it just, it really, really captured what I needed in that moment. And so I was going to go to school. I'd always decided since I was a kid, like, I want to go to school for music. That's the thing that I wanted to go to school for and dance because I grew up as a dancer as well. And, but things started to change. I encountered the Lord when I was 20, and it was a pretty, um, it was a pretty radical encounter of what God started to do in my life. And I remember he started to say, um, I'm calling you to be a worship leader. And I was like, what? Um... I literally, the first person who ever said that to me, I was like, I think you're the wrong person. Because I was like, I don't, that's not that's not me. I grew up as a classical pianist, actually, and I had never played anything off what was on the sheet. And so I was like, I know that people who play other things, <laughs> they kind of just improvise, and that's like not me. I don't know how to do that. And so, but I remember I kept hearing for an entire year, I kept having all of these random people, I didn't really know what prophetic words were at that point, but I kept having all these people who would come up to me and they would tell me, God is calling you to be a worship leader. And I keep seeing all this music all around you and there's just like sounds of heaven and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, great. After about six months of that, I finally started to believe him. <laughs> and I was like, okay, God's speaking to me. And I remember he told me, I didn't even know that this school exists. I, I went to Azusa Pacific University in Southern California. And I remember he told me, I just heard the word APU in my mind. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. And I Googled it. And then a school came up. And I was like, oh, there's an actual school called, like, with the acronym APU. And he was like, I want you to go to that school and you're going to go for worship. You're going to get a worship degree. And I was like, I don't even know if they have that. So I'm like kind of arguing this whole time while I'm like Googling. And then I see they have a worship degree. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, and I'm kind of like bargaining with him right now. Because I had already applied to another school. And I had already gotten in. And I was like, I want to go to this school. That's where I want to go. I got in. I'm like, they have a good program. I'll be like, I'll have a major in music, a minor in dance. Like it was just, it was perfect what I thought was 
perfect. And um, he was like, no, I want you to go here. And so then I made a bet, because I didn't really believe I could sing back then. I was like, God, no, like I'm not a singer. And so I was like, okay, what I'll do is I'll audition for the choir. And if I get in, I'll apply to the school. But I was like, there's no way I'm gonna get in. So I went and I <laughs> auditioned. And on the day of my audition, the choir director told me, he said, you know, I usually don't do this. Like this is after I was done. He was like, I usually don't do this. Usually, um, you, you know, I have to get a, you have to get an official letter in the mail. He was like, but I just want to let you know you're in. And I was like, are you serious? And <laughs> he was like, yeah. He was like, I would be honored to have you in my choir. And I was like, dang. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to school. But guess what? I applied as a music education major, not a music worship major. And so, um, I wasn't even planning to tell the story, but <laughs> basically I'm in school, first semester, music education major, I'm doing all this stuff, first semester's over, I'm in the car, and I hear one of the few times that God's voice felt literally audible. Like I felt like it was on a microphone. I literally jumped in the car. And I heard him say, this is not what I asked you to come here for. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. You're right. This is not what you asked me to come here for. And I felt a drastic, I have to change right now. And I knew, I was like, I don't even know why he wants me to go to school for for like worship, like I'm probably not going to worship. This is not really what I do. And I was like, okay, fine. I will tease you, God, and I will <laughs> change my major, and I will do the thing. Changed, anyways. And obviously, you guys see me worship now, and so I'm like, okay, well, it's that that particular story. Like honestly, every single time I do worship, I am in awe because I'm like, this was not who I was just over a decade ago at all. I would have never believed that I could do something like that, ever. And that's just one of the testaments of aligning yourself with faith for what he has said and choosing to step out in action, even when it doesn't make sense, even when you're like, there's no way this is going to work. <laughs> and just letting him move things around for you. Another one, um, oh, this is the fun one. Okay, right before COVID hit, it was like March was, I think, the month that shelter in place happened of 2020. And I remember it was February of 2020, so a lot of you guys know that I'm in the hospitality industry. And um, so I do weddings and all that kind of stuff. And so at that point, I hadn't chosen to do my event planning business full time. I had a lot of, like, I was doing coaching as well, which was part of what I was doing, but then there were some other like side things that I would do, and it would kind of take away a lot of my attention from my clients, and I was very just all over the place, and I felt like it was February of 2020 that God was like, it's time for you to go all in, and I was like, I don't really want to go all in, you know, like I, <laughs> I actually want to do so many other things, but I just felt like he was like, it's time for you to go all in, and I was like, okay, and I had been fighting this for many, many years. When I started that business in particular, 
Um, it was 2015, and I remember the main reason why I started it, I used to do a lot of missions work. I love doing missions work. And I remember I was in South Africa, and I was there for two months, and I remember having this moment where I was just, I had a moment of encounter with the Lord, and I was just weeping, and I was like, God, I feel like there's so much more that I want to give these people. And I was like, I know that your name is enough. Like, at the end of the day, Jesus' name is enough. But I was like, I want to leave them with something. Like, I want to do more, and I can't. I don't have the ability to. And I remember I was so um, grieved and heartbroken at that. There was something about that that just really gripped my heart. And the Lord, I remember there was a season where I was like, no, I'm going to do ministry full-time. That's what I want to do. And I actually wanted to drop out of school to do ministry full-time because there was a ministry that I was a part of. Um, it was a house of prayer ministry, but they wanted me to do like stuff full-time for them. And I was like, that's what I want. Yes, I want to just live in the house of prayer and worship all day. And God was like, go back to school. <laughs> and I was like, what? I feel like that's like the highest calling to like sit here and worship you. Like, you want me to go back to a classroom? And he was like, yeah, I want you to finish your degree. And I was like, oh. And then he was like, and then I want you to continue on and get your master's in business. And I'm like, what? And like this whole time I'm being like, I don't really want to be doing these things. But then he reminded me, do you remember when you were in South Africa? And you remember when you wanted to do more? He was like, I want to help you build a foundation to where you will never be limited in what you get to do for people. A financial foundation. Continue to follow me. And I was like, okay. So back to 2020. Don't be going in with my events business. Um, Again, business was not like the ultimate goal of what I wanted to do, but I was like, okay, this is where I feel like he's going, so I'll, I'll go in there. So February 2020, I was like, okay, I'm gonna remove these things and remove these things, and I'm just gonna go all in with my planning business. Well, March of 2020, uh, shelter in place hits, and so I'm like, God, I'm literally in the industry of gathering people. <laughs> And no one can gather. And you just asked me to go all in. I just literally let go of all of these other things that were also providing income. What's going on? And so I remember the whole month of March. Um, it was March and April. I barely made any money. I made enough to like pay my bills. And I was like, okay, God, like. I could easily be doing some of these other things. Like, you've asked me to do this. And I remember um, a job opportunity came up to be the campus pastor at a university. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I will totally let go of this, of this business to say yes to this. And I was like, oh my god, I get benefits? I haven't had benefits in years. <laughs> I mean, as an entrepreneur, you provide those things yourself. And so I was like, oh my God, this is, this must be the Lord. Like I, this is amazing. And it came, I think it was like the end of April, the beginning of May of 2020. And I was like, oh my God, this is God. He, this is his way of providing. And so I did the interview. The interview went great. Basically the guy was like, Becca, jump yours if you want it. And I was like, okay. And I was like, and so I was talking to a couple of friends over the weekend and I was like, I think I'm going to take this job. And I remember that Sunday, 
so clearly, again, God's like, you're not taking the job. <laughs> I was like, come on. And I was just like, man, like, God, this is like the perfect opportunity. And he's like, no, this, this, is not, this is not where we're going. And I just was like, and so, you know, I, you know that moment when God tells you something that you got to figure out what's going on here so you can align with it? <laughs> so I did that. And I was, like, working through all this stuff. I'm like, ugh. And, um, yeah, and the next morning I sent him an email. And I was like, I have to decline the job. And I was like, I hope you find the right person, you know. And I remember that day I had a vision where God was showing me, like, Peter stepping out in the water, and he's like, it's like, oh, he literally called me to step out of the water in the middle of a storm, but yet he was like, if you just trust me, you will continue to walk on water, even in the midst of a storm. And that week alone, it was so crazy, but that week alone, I made what I more than what I typically make in a month when I had all those other jobs. And it was like, within one week, I was like, oh my gosh. And it was such a clear sign that God's like, when you align yourself with me, when you actually trust me, when you actually move with me, wholeheartedly, not double-minded, but single-minded, when you choose, I bless you. I love to bless you. I just need your yes. I just need you to fully align. I just need you to fully step in, get out of the boat. That's all I, that's all I need. And then I'm like, I would pour it out. Because I love to do that. And it was so, it was so clear. And it's crazy because this year is the first year that that business alone, and this it's not about the numbers, but for me, it was a big deal because I never made this much money. But this is the first year that business alone has, has brought in six figures. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy, God. Like, I have been wanting to get to this goal, like, oh, we're going to get here, we're going to get here, we're going to get here. And he's like, just trust me. I want, just trust me. I just, I'm asking you to trust me. I want to bless you. And here's the thing. I don't do any of these things perfectly. Many of these stories you can hear, there's a lot of reluctance <laughs> in different moments where I'm like, oh, I have to really uh, wrestle with saying yes. Because that's, that's just, our humanness of God saying something and being like, oh, but this is what I see, and this is what feels perfect, and he's like, just trust me. Um, one other story that I want to say, this actually one's not about me, it was about, um, I had a coaching course that I did a few years back, and I remember having this woman that was in the course, and I had them all kind of identify, you know, what, what's something that you want to do? Like something that you feel like God has put on your heart. Maybe it feels difficult to do. Maybe it feels like it could never happen in your wildest dreams. And I remember her saying, it was so simple. She was like, I just want to sell my paintings. That's what I want to do. I just want to sell my paintings. I just would love to make money selling my paintings. And I remember by the end of the course, she had like officially purchased a business license or a business license for her art to make it an official business. Well, a few years later, I'm still uh, friends with her on Facebook, and it was just so crazy. She sent me a message, and now she has like a full website. She sells her art, um, sells it all around the world. People buy her art, and I'm like, I love that. 
I love that you simply allowed a desire that you had, something that you had hope for, to simply come to the surface. You were brave enough to voice it and say, this is, this is what I would love. I would, I would love this. This would be amazing. And then you not only voiced it, you knew that that desire was there. So God was already speaking about it. So you voiced it, and then you aligned in action, and you moved on it. And now it's happening. And I'm like, every time I think about these stories, like I've, whether it be stories in my own life or stories in other people's lives, it's like every time, it's like God is like, all I am looking for are people who will align in faith and action for me to pour all my blessings on. So I have a couple questions for y'all. What are some of the dreams of your heart? I already asked earlier, some of you guys have dreams and desires. Some of y'all said yes. So you guys do have dreams and desires. And I'm not talking about ego dreams, which are not bad, but I'm talking about the, the deep longings, the ones that have such purpose connected to them. What are those? And then do they have a theme? Is there like a theme that you notice in your life every time when you have like a something pop up, you're like, oh, I would love this. This would be amazing. Like, is there a theme to it? What is God currently speaking to you in regards to taking action in your life? Is there a certain area in your life that he, you can feel him nudging to take action, to be courageous, to step out of the boat? And then, what do you currently have faith for to see manifest in your lifetime? These are questions, and I'll come back to them at the end, um, that I want you guys to even think about this week, to just take some time to process them. Um, I mean, what would it look like if you were to believe in something so much and have faith for something so much that you would adjust your life to make space for and align yourself with that thing to be made manifest. There are a few people in the Bible that do these things, and I love reading about them, so I'm going to read a couple of these stories. So the first one I want to read um, is Hebrews 11, 1 through 12. So if you have a Bible or have a phone, and I am going to read from the message translation. Okay, Hebrews 11, verse 1, I just love the way the message uh, explains in scriptures. The fundamental act of existence, of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors, set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word, what we see created by what we don't see. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. 
That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all of these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of a dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The results? His family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country promised him. Lived as a stranger, camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob did the same, living under the same promise Abraham did. By keeping his eye on an unseen city with real, eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. So, I love the story of some of these people that it talks about in Hebrews. So, like, when I think of, you were talking about Abraham... When I think of Abraham, I think of, I mean, he's called the father of faith. But when you read about Abraham in the book of Genesis, you also see that he doubted many, many times. But yet he still continued to align himself in action and faith. There are multiple times where that comes up, but it's like, yeah, Abraham had this promise. And even though he didn't even see the full fruition of it in his lifetime, he still chose to be faithful. He still chose, I'm still going to align myself with this thing, this thing that God is showing me, so much that I'm going to go to this empty land and came about. Like, when I think about that story, when I think about Noah, like, think about if that was now. You see your neighbor out here building a, a ship, and there hasn't been rain in years. And you, I mean, it seems almost idiotic of like, what is this person doing? But he was so clear. He had such clarity on what God has shown him. And he had so much faith that he was like, I'm going to build this. I mean, it didn't take a couple days to build the ship. I mean, it took a very long time. What was it, 40 days? I don't remember. Anyone else? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 120 days. 120 days. Oh, years. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> But 120 years, people are walking around looking at you like, you're crazy, dude. That is a long time. <laughs> like, to believe in something so strongly. They're like, sorry, I need this land. Like, I need you to move. I'm going to be building a ship here. <laughs> I mean, Mary and Joseph, I think about them. Like, Mary literally... She's a virgin. She tells her fiancé, well, you know, I'm impregnated. You know? I, I mean, it's just the faith that you have to have for these moments. When I read some of these stories, I'm just like, oh my gosh. The faith that they had for what God has shown them. And then the action that they took. 
What would it look like for you to make space, for you to align your life so much with something that God has shown you that people look at your life and are like, they're crazy. They're crazy. I mean, people would tell me that all the time when I was a kid. You're crazy. You're not going to do all these things. You're not going to be able to be that. You're not going to be able to also do that and also do that. Well, I'm actually doing a lot of things that I've talked about since I was a kid. And I'm like, well, I just believe that what God has shown me is available. And that all I have to do is simply say yes. And that he will continue to pour out his blessings and continue to align all the things. And I, there's, there's very little work that I do. <laughs> it's really just saying yes and stepping out of the boat. Um, a couple other areas that we see faithfulness talked about in the Bible. So again, open your Bibles. Uh, Matthew 25, 19 through 30. So God's kingdom is like 10, oh wait, wrong one, 25, 19, there we go. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commanded him, good work. You did a good, you did a job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2000 showed how he had also doubled his master's investments. Investments. His master commanded him, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless, careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowance for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, and down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most, and get rid of this played safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Whew. Okay. Turn to Luke 16, 10 through 13. Jesus went on to make these comments. If you're honest in small things, you'll be honest in big things. If you're a crook in small things, you'll be a crook in big things. If you're not honest in small jobs, who will put you in charge of the store? No worker can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first and love the second, or adore the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and the bank. The next one is James 1, 22 through 25. Don't fool yourselves into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are, what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, and sticks with it, is no distracted, scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. 
the person will find a light and affirmation in this action. The last one I want to read is James 2, 14 through 26. Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you came upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talks that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense. I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good, you take care of the faith department and I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith, fit together hand in glove. Do I hear you professing to believe in one and only God? but then observe your complacency sitting back as if you had done something wonderful. That's just great. Demons don't do, demons do that, but what good does it, do, does it to them? Use your heads. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse in your hand? I know, right? <laughs> I mean, when you read those scriptures, you're like, oh. it just, it, it really puts kind of a fire under your butt. Um, I mean, God will not do all of the work for us. I mean, he saved us, but he will not force us to experience what is fully available to us beyond the cross. I mean, that would violate free will. And God is a gentleman. He doesn't do that. Um, he's looking for people who are willing to take him at his word and to follow him faithfully. I used to say this phrase, and I don't, yeah, I, I used to say this phrase, God's timing is your timing. Truly, he has been ready to pour out his blessings to all people from the beginning. He's not holding out on you. He's not like, I'm going to just dangle this in front of you. Like, he's just waiting for people to say yes. He's so ready to pour out his blessings. He's so ready to help us rule and reign, to show the world what he's like. I mean, he's already taken the greatest step that anyone can ever take. He has proven himself faithful time and time and time again. We are not needing or asking him to move again. It's actually our time to trust him to move. So that may look like traditional ministry. That may look like being a full-time mom. That may look like building a business. That may look like so many different things. There's so many ways that God has called us to be a display of him on this earth. It doesn't have to look like anything. Each of us are a different facet of God, and each of us are a dream of God's with skin on. We each have a way of walking that out and displaying to the world what he looks like, what he, what he is like. And so now is really the time to take faith-aligned action. I really believe that as we are transitioning out of this COVID time, God has been prepping a lot of hearts and getting a lot of hearts ready to take action, to step into their divine calling, to step into their divine purpose, their doing purpose. And so, really, I want you guys to take time this week. I want to give you guys a couple action calls to action. 
Um, I want you guys to take some time. Those questions, I can read them again if you would like to write them down and process these things. And actually ask God, like, what are the things that you're speaking on my heart that you would like me to move in action about? So I'll just read them one more time. So the first one was, what are, what are some of, the heart, of your heart dreams and desires? What are the main promises over your life? Do they have a theme? What is God currently speaking to you in regards to action? And what do you currently have faith for to see manifest within your lifetime? The other thing that I want you to consider is in what ways are you making space for what you have faith for? I remember for a season of my life, God kept speaking to me the scripture, Isaiah 54, 2, which is enlarge your place of tent, stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. He was speaking to the barren woman. And I remember he kept saying this every time I, this scripture just kept coming up. And I felt like he kept saying, I need you to make space. I need you to actually prepare for what I'm about to do. Isaiah 54, 2. And, and there were so many different times in my life where I made physical space for things um, that I knew I, I wanted to see happen. And I was like, okay, actually one of them, I remember in 2020, God spoke to me about my desire for a husband. It was 2019. And he was like, I... I want this for you. You you think that I'm holding out on you, and I want this more than you want this. And I remember there were things that he was bringing to my attention that I needed to work through in my own heart for this thing to happen. And one of them was actually physically making space for us. <laughs> like he was like. You literally work all day. When would you ever go on dates? And there were like practical things like that that I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and I actually started making space even in my calendar where I dedicated every Saturday a date day. And whether I went out with myself or went out with a girlfriend or actually went on a date with a man, I allowed myself to make space in my calendar. This is just a practical uh, impl implementation of the scripture. And there's so many other ways that I've done that with different things in my life. But how are you making space for the thing to manifest that you have faith for? How are you making room for it? It's like if you want to buy new clothes, but your closet is completely full. It's like, where are you going to put the new clothes? You have to get rid of something first before you can bring something new in. Um, the other thing is renew, renewing your mind. In order to fully step into all that God has for us, we must renew our mind to continually align with the truth of heaven and the truth of his words. So put promises, words, dreams, visions in front of you all the time. Keep them in front of you. We are very forgetful beings. <laughs> we are beings of habit. And if we don't make it a habit to consciously align ourselves with truth, it's not just going to magically happen one day. I have an entire folder on my Google Drive of visions and dreams and promises and words from God. And I actually review those monthly. 
because it keeps my mind focused. It keeps me focused on what am I doing? Like, what, where is he taking me? And it helps me remove a lot of doubt, um, a lot of fear of like, this is on me, because it's not. Um, I, I remind myself, oh yeah, yeah, like God spoke this. Like, I'm not making this happen. I'm just simply saying yes, and then allowing it to. So renewing your mind, that is one of the practical ways that I renew my mind and allow for doubt to be removed, allow for lies that come up in the midst of going after the thing that God, I mean, distractions will come up <laughs> as you pursue these things. So putting it in front of you, seeing it, reminding yourself, what has he said? What has he spoken? What has he promised? Um, and then the last one is act. <laughs> um, I mean, this is what I've been saying this whole time, is actually moving. Um, I believe that as I've been talking, I'm sure that something specific has come to your mind. Maybe a specific dream or desire or a vision or promise, a word. Um, I challenge you to act on it. What would a bold step of faith look like? And to consider that and then to take it. So, yeah, I just want to pray for you guys. And um, I will also be up here if any of you guys are like, I would love prayer for this. Um, yeah, I would love to pray for you guys. So, Jesus, thank you so much that you are such a good God. That you are so faithful. That you are, you have continually displayed your faithfulness. I ask that you would give us courage in the later half of this year, and even as we move into 2023, I ask that you would give us courage to step out on things that you have been brewing inside of us, things that you've been speaking to us about, things that you have been calling us to, things that you have been impressing on our hearts, those little inklings of hope that I talked about. God, I ask that you would give us courage to say yes, courage to say yes to you, Courage to align ourselves with faith, to make ourselves look so ridiculous that the world is like, you are crazy. <laughs> you are crazy for believing that that is available, that that's true, that that's what God wants to do in your life. Yeah. So, I thank you, God. I just bless all of these amazing people. And... Yeah, I thank you for what you want to do in our lives. I thank you for just being such a kind and gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening in on this episode. You guys will be hearing from me much more. Um, if you have, even, I love, love, love when people are like, hey, I would love for you to talk about this or um, I have somebody who uh, would love to be a guest or things like that. If that is something that you think of, feel free to reach out. Um, you can shoot me an email at hello at rebeccadanny.co. Um, I would love to hear from you. Um, please like, share, and subscribe. And leave a review if this is something that you have been getting a lot of value from. I would love for you to leave a review. 
And yeah, I will catch you guys soon. Have a beautiful rest of your day.